Are you struggling with brand clarity, confidence, and creating content that connects? Do you want to start a business but don't know where to begin? Or are you frustrated because you're doing all the things you see everyone else doing but you aren't getting more clients? You are telling everyone what you do but no one hears you. It's like you're speaking a foreign language because your message isn't resonating. I hear you. The overwhelm is real. I feel your pain and frustration. I've been there. It wasn't overnight that I grew my business and figured out how to create a cohesive and consistent brand message that builds genuine connections and attracts more clients. In fact, I did everything the hard way and I want to make it easier for you. Because I've been in your shoes and I don't want you to struggle anymore, I am offering brand strategy, clarity, confidence, and connection coaching sessions to help you master your brand messaging and be seen and heard as the expert you are. In a one-hour strategy session, we'll dive deep into your values, visions, and passions to create absolute clarity around your brand messaging and business. You'll not only have absolute clarity for your brand messaging, but you'll feel confident. When you are confident, you will trust yourself more and be able to create content content that genuinely connects and helps your ideal audience get to know, like, and trust you. After working with Tracy for only one hour, she said, Robin's branding expertise was not only insightful, but empowering. She gave me a clear vision of my personal brand and how I can market myself as an authority in higher education. The blueprint she gave me for creating a personal brand is very detailed but most importantly, gives me confidence that I can and will continue to transform business initiatives within higher education programs and help and inspire others to do the same. Don't you want to achieve that sense of clarity and confidence to feel empowered to inspire your audience? I believe you can and will when we work together. Now, if you're envisioning yourself feeling anxious and frantically taking notes during this session, don't worry. You don't have to write anything down. The only thing you need to do is focus on the strategy session and learning and I'll take care of everything else. You'll receive a comprehensive blueprint from me outlining everything we've talked about with action items that will take your brand messaging to the next level and attract more clients. Do you want absolute clarity in your brand messaging to know how to connect with your ideal audience to get more clients? then this strategy session is for you. Don't waste any more time spinning your wheels. Go to therobingraham.com slash shop to schedule your session today. Hurry, because I have limited spots per month so that I can give you the attention you deserve. I can't wait to work with you and watch your brand messaging and business transform. Stress. It's one of those things that we all live with from time to time. Some of us handle it completely different than others. Some of us handle it with grace and others of us handle it in states of irritability and anger and frustration. It's something that can really make or break us in terms of relationships, health, jobs, and just everyday life. So I'm super excited to have my guest with me today, Carly Myers. Carly is just an amazing woman who has moved from her first phase to her second phase solely to help people manage stress. 
Carly is the founder of The Stress Less Company. Carly is an expert at helping professionals who feel overworked, overwhelmed, or on the verge of burnout relieve stress so that they can find more joy at work, more joy at home, and beyond. Carly has helped hundreds of professionals across the country take action to reduce stress through coaching. She believes there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to stress management. Her work has most recently been featured through media outlets such as Good Day Philadelphia, Fox 29, The Philadelphia Inquirer, Philly Mag, and Hooli Magazine. She's a remarkable young woman, and she has so much value to offer. Um, when we think about stress um, and the definition of stress, it's when a person perceives the demands on their lives or their time are greater than their resources. And it affects us mentally, emotionally, and physically. We all have different responses, and most of those are not pleasant. I am so excited to share Carly's wisdom with you, and hopefully you will find the resources and exercises that she provides for us super helpful in your own lives so that you can recognize stress, recognize those symptoms of stress early to alleviate the risk of burnout. Because once we get to burnout, we don't know how long it's going to take to recover and we don't know what the, the damage is going to be. So listen in. I think you're going to find so much value in this episode and I can't wait to hear your comments and responses to this episode and how the whole idea of stress management on an individual unique basis and tapping into creativity as well to help manage stress is going to play an impact on your life. Hello friends, welcome to the second phase podcast. I'm Robin Graham, your host and a brand marketing strategist and photographer passionate about helping women connect and grow their audience and get more clients. I am so excited you are here with me today to chat all about branding, personal development, and life overall in the second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build the business from the ground up when I was actually terrified to put myself out into the world as something new. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change, a traumatic loss, a move, an illness, it could be any number of things. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive into a new episode. Carly Myers, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am very excited to have you here today. There, our, our topic of conversation is one that every single person in the world deals with from one moment or another in their life. And it's something that you have now been able to help people resolve and push through and overcome. And I can't wait to talk about it and share your wisdom, your expertise with my listeners so that they too can start alleviating stress in their lives. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about recognizing stress. How can people, as they're going through their day-to-day -day life and going through the motions, how can they identify that 
they are experiencing maybe um, an unwelcome level of stress, but one that they aren't recognizing to know that it's actually stress causing them whatever it is that they're feeling. Yeah. So first I, I would say, let's start with like what stress is so that we have an idea of, of the perspective that at least I'm taking in this conversation. So Perfect. my, my favorite definition of stress is that when the person perceives that the demands exceed their resources, right? The person perceives that the demands on them exceed their resources. So whether they don't have the money or don't have the time or don't have the social resources that can cause, right? That that's kind of the stress response. Now there's also the piece, which is, um, uh, the secondary definition, which is emotional, mental, uh, or physical strain or tension, right? That can be uh, what stress is. But you know, how do we recognize it, right? We we can notice it's really in how it shows up for each and every one of us. So it's you know, oftentimes most commonly irritation, right? Just having that irritability. Um, it can also show up in, quite frankly, depression and anxiety. Um, and then we go into the physical symptoms and right. The physical symptoms we could go for days. This whole podcast could be this, the physical symptoms that are really the signs, but we can go into, you know, headaches, migraines. Um, you know, we get that stomach ache or digestive issues. Um, and then we can go into, you know, the bigger side effects, which are, you know, can be heart attack, stroke, cardiovascular disease, all of that. But, um, one of the first signs is really going into the irritability, the exhaustion, the, you know, feeling uh, more sad without a reason, right? It's seemingly without reason. Yeah. It's, you know, as you were talking, the first thing that popped into my mind was anxiety because for me, those physical symptoms come on and I, and that irritability hits and it's, it's always whenever there's a lot of stress, but I haven't recognized that, that I was stressed. I haven't, it, for some reason or another, these things are all happening around me, but I'm not recognizing them as causing me stress. I'm thinking I'm going through the motions, I'm handling them. And then all of a sudden I'm like overcome with all these emotions. Yes. I like to call that the blow up or the breakdown, right? It's when we experience stressor after stressor after stressor, and we don't do the work to process, you know, even if it's the little emotions that come up. And then we have without, when we don't process, then we have that blow up, right? Get angry or the breakdown where we're just like, I can't, I can't even right now. Yeah. So what do you recommend for people? Like how can we recognize those symptoms or recognize what's going on around us before that blow up or the breakdown has happens? You know what? It's funny. I, one of the things that I've noticed about just like the way a lot of us live these days is that we've been trained to ignore our emotions. We've been trained to be like, pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Let's go keep it moving. We don't have time for this. I'll feel my emotions when I can, you know, like later, not now. And so as a result of that perspective, what happens is that we've just trained ourselves not to feel. And so when those little instances come up, we are back to the pick yourself up by the bootstraps. And so one of the things that I recommend is actually, well, getting back to the place where we feel our emotions in the moment, let them pass through. But as a result of all of that is we don't notice things until we, you, you mentioned actually feeling it in your body, mm -hmm. right? And so I recommend an exercise, which is, it almost always makes people's jaws drop and, uh, but it works and it's this. Go to, go to your a mirror in your home, look yourself dead in the eyes 
and say something not so nice about yourself. Something that's, that, that could potentially trigger you in terms of stress. Now I'm not talking about like mental health trigger. I'm talking about stress. So if you're worried about money or you don't think you're great at money, you can look at your, you could look yourself in the eyes and say, who are you kidding? You don't know how to manage money. You're never going to make money. And this is the experiment. The experiment is say that thing and then wait a second and notice where it shows up in your body. For me, if I say something not so nice about myself, it's, I feel a welling behind my eyes. I'm not crying, but I feel the liquid back there. I start to feel a clenching in my throat and I get that like heartburny something going on. In my that's throat. what I get. It's that, that's how I know that I'm stressed is I get that heartburny feeling in my stomach. It's always yep. the stomach. Yep. And so that's a great way to notice that you're starting to feel you're, you're starting to feel the effects of stress because if, if we aren't, if we've trained ourselves to be totally out of touch with our emotions or mostly out of touch with our emotions, you know, 70% of the time, it's hard to just go back into like, you know, feely, deal, like feely, deely, lovey, dovey land. Right. Like, so really doing that exercise to be like, okay, this is where stress shows up in my body. So I know when I feel that heartburny, weird feeling in my gut that I'm going through something and I need to take a second and do the work to say, where did this come from? And if we can't figure out, figure it out, we can say, how can I give myself comfort? How can I remedy this before it turns into, I'm going through my life with this feeling in my stomach and it's never going away. And I wake up with it and I go to sleep with it and I'm on phone calls with it. And I'm just going through my life because that point is when the stressors build up and we end up in that place of, you know, blow up or breakdown. And then, you know, the other thing I, thing I always like to say when I recommend that exercise as well is do the opposite, you know, look yourself in the eyes in the mirror and say something nice about yourself too, right? Not only is that a palate cleanser, but it's also giving you an idea. If we've been suppressing our emotions for this long, if we're suppressing the bad, we're also suppressing the good. And so it's important to know how good feels in your body because it's, I can't tell you how many times I've had uh, clients then be so out of touch with their emotions when they come to, to work with me that they think excitement and anxiety are the same thing. No, excitement is different. It shows up very similarly, but to be able to know those, the difference, okay, maybe anxiety is that feeling in your gut, but excitement's a little bit higher. You're feeling the fluttering of the heart and those are very different. And so knowing the difference between those is going to be really important because one you're, you're striving for, and then the other one you're you're not interested in as much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the whole mind body connection. And I think there are so many people now into mindfulness coaching and all of these things that we're hearing so much more about it than we ever used to. And I think it's, it's awesome, but I love these exercises and I love, love, love how you said cleansing the palate by then saying something nice and then, and realizing how that feels in our own bodies as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know what? One of the things that is, is really important for me to differentiate is that uh, the work, the, the stuff that I teach at the Stress Less Company is not one size fits all. And we were talking about this before we, you know, before we started the show, but you know, I, I don't sit here and I don't just simply practice mindfulness or meditation. I believe that they're every single one of you that are listening are unique like we are all unique, as unique as our thumbprints, our fingerprints, and the remedy for our stress 
is just as unique. And so before you, you know, hit pause and say, Carly's another one of those mindfulness people, she's gonna make me sit down and meditate. You know, I don't want to do that, right? Before you do that, I would love for you to stick around and hear some of the other exercises that we are gonna hit today because I'm gonna teach you exactly how to find what works for you individually. I love that because I've, you know, I've never been one to be able to jump in to meditation easily. And, you know, journaling is kind of my mindset reset every day, but I, I love that you say that. And I can't wait to hear about all of the other exercises, but before we jump into that, what I would love to do is ask you, we've talked a little bit about recognizing those symptoms of stress and how we can kind of train ourselves to recognize the stress through the exercise that you told, told us about looking ourselves in the mirror and saying things, but what is burnout? And at what point does stress cause us to burn out? And how can we recognize that before burnout actually happens? Yeah. So burnout can show up in a variety of different ways, but I would say the most common way that burnout shows up is irritation and exhaustion. And I don't mean like irritation and annoyance, like I'm talking about when I'm talking about stress, I'm talking about, I hate the world. What's the point? I'm angry at everything burnout. Um, and the exhaustion of like, I waking up and being like, I don't know how I'm going to face the day today. I'm too tired. I don't have the energy for this. And when we're in that place of burnout, everything feels so hard. Everything feels so hard and everything feels so heavy. And so those are the telltale signs of if, if we are experiencing that, if we're like, what's the point? What, why am I even doing this? I'm too tired. I can't do this. Right. A lot of the negatives, right. I can't, I won't, I, I, why should I, then we're oftentimes really on that, that edge and we are there. And so that I just want to be clear that burnout requires a whole other um, set of, of tools to address than stress, right? Because at this point we're going back, we're not, we're not necessarily preventing or uh, it's not like a little paper cut, right? Where we put a little Neosporin and a Band-Aid on it, right? We're needing stitches. We're needing more work to make sure that one, we recover, especially with burnout. Um, another thing that can happen is we get sick. That's when, you know, you hear about people in their thirties and forties having heart attacks, right? That's what, that's the territory that we're in. When we're in burnout, we require a lot more, um, a lot more energy, maybe not energy, but we require a lot more tools and time to make sure that we address that properly. And then the over overcoming that is probably a lot harder and takes a lot more time than just recognizing stress and being able to take a couple steps back and say, okay, this is stress. And what, how can I alleviate the stress so that I don't go further into burnout or other symptoms? Yeah, exactly. It's funny. Like we were talking about the pick, pick ourselves up by the bootstraps approach earlier in terms of stress. You know, that can be, if we take that approach with our stress, that's how we end up in burnout. And it's, it's interesting too, because we think about like, I don't have time for emotions. I got to get stuff done. And what's interesting about burnout is that it doesn't care what your mind's telling you. I don't have time for, for this, right? It, your body's going to do something to tell you, you sure as hell do have time for this. I'm going to, you're going to get a cold. You're going to get sick. You're something's going to happen. 
where you're not able to actually show up and, and do whatever you need to do in your life. And so that's kind of the pattern as, as it shows up. And this is something you experienced, like the way you transitioned from your phase one to your phase two is you experienced all of this, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. I, you know, when I, uh, you know, my story actually goes back years and years as many, as many of ours do, but, you know, I'd love to go back to, you know, being, first of all, being 12 years old, that's where my real story started being 12 years old. Um, while I was a very cute 12 year old, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was a hard time in my life. Like I, my, the, the part of my first phase, which was way too long, if you ask me, but, uh, necessary was when I was 12 years old, my mom ended up dating a bad apple and, and she ended up realizing it long story short, she breaks it off with this guy and uh, ends up starting to date again. She finds a new boyfriend a few weeks later, a few months later, probably. And this guy, this bad apple ended up breaking into my childhood home, killing my mom's new boyfriend and trying to kill my mom. He, he ends up shooting my mom point blank in the back of the head through her L5 um, in her spine and through her arm. My mom was not supposed to survive and yet she did. She survived. She had a 3% chance of living, but she survived. She had to learn how to walk again. She had to learn how to talk again. She had to learn how to swallow again. That was like the, the happiest day for us all because she got to leave the hospital because uh, they can't send you home if you can't eat. Yeah. And um, while my mom recovered, and she made a full recovery. All she has is a pair of reading glasses and a slight limp you would never know today. It's wild. But while she made a full recovery, I really struggled for a long time. I struggled with the symptoms of PTSD, with stress, with overwhelm, with anxiety, with jumpiness, with night terrors. I mean, you name it, I was probably struggling with it. And the way that I coped with that initially was that I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want to be the straw that broke the camel's back, right? My family had a lot to deal with at that time. My dad right. took on two teenage daughters <laughs> on his own. My mom was recovering in the hospital. My family was making sure everybody was okay. My sister was the rebel child. She was the crazy one of the family, right? And so my family had their hands full. So I didn't tell anybody. And even in my extended community, I didn't tell anybody. And um, finally, I ended up starting to open up and I would say things to people like, Hey, I'm stressed or, Hey, I'm overwhelmed or, Hey, I'm kind of struggling right now. And I would get the same five or so responses like, Hey, Carly, have you tried uh, therapy? Have you tried yoga? Have you tried meditation? Have you tried eating better? Have you tried exercising? Have you tried insert mainstream approach here? And the reality was, is that I had tried all of that. I was so desperate for change that I, yeah, of course I tried all of that. And when people would recommend that it was almost like a slap in the face, like no, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And that, you know, it took me 10 years going into the workforce, getting a nine to five, uh, overworking, trying to control everything in my life. Right. Because I, everything in my subconscious, everything in my life felt so out of control that I was there was, there was no coping mechanisms. There were no tools while things worked like meditation worked a little bit, but nothing ever got, 
me over that hump, right? Nothing ever got me to the joy, the happiness, the silliness, the goofiness, all of the stuff that I used to roll my eyes at because I thought they weren't real. Mm -hmm. And, um, I ended up in that place of burnout. I ended up in that place of what's the point? Why am I doing this? You know, I, I'm tired and I'm pissed off that it's took, I I've asked for help and the world didn't quote unquote respond. And so 10 years later, the start of my second phase, when we get to that, it's me finally finding the thing that worked for me. And it wasn't one, one of those five mainstream approaches. It was that unique remedy. It was the no one size fits all approach. And so, you know, that's, that's when I learned that. And that's really how I ended up here. Right. Because I knew that first of all, 10 years is unacceptable. I know people that have done, you know, like 10 years, 15 years, the story is not uncommon in terms of struggling with stress, with mental health, with all of this, it's unacceptable. And I said to myself, I said, I cannot and will not let this happen if I have any say about it for other people. If someone else is in that place of, I can't anymore, or what's the point? They need to have a place to go to because I was ready to give up. And so that's how I ended up starting the Stress Less Company because I knew that there's a lot of great resources out there for those five mainstream approaches. And those work for a lot of people. And for, you know, if it works for you, that's amazing. But I want to make sure that there's a, a place for what I like to say, like the rest of us. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're providing that for people. And I know that through your speaking and through your work with individual people and groups that you are touching thousands of people's lives and making a difference for them so that they don't have to suffer through that. And I think it's, it's wonderful. It's such a gift to so many people who otherwise would end up wallowing in self-pity and, mm -hmm. and stress and anxiety and just get into that burnout and downward spiral versus being able to put a smile on their face every morning and face the day and approach life in a way that's healthy and, and productive. So it's wonderful. Definitely. Have you joined the Brand Insider private Facebook group yet? If not, head on over to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups slash the Brand Marketing Insider, where we make branding fun. Every day we network and build community and genuine relationships and learn tips all about building a brand that stands out and makes an impact. I'd love to see you there. And I know everyone else in the group would love to learn from you and connect with you as well. So head on over there and join the Brand Marketing Insider private Facebook group. So let's talk about some of those exercises that you mentioned earlier about how, how you were able to, I finally identify what was going on, what happening and get the help you needed. And you know, what, what those steps and exercises were that you're now sharing with other people to help them. Yeah. So I want to be clear. I want to be clear that it, there was no system when I was trying to figure it out for myself. It was like, I'm going to try anything and everything and we'll see what happens. It's like throwing spaghetti on the wall. Um, but you know, when I looked back, I learned a lot on, of, you know, in terms of my own experience. And I would just say that you know, for me at the time, I found the thing that worked for me and it's changes and morphs every day as I change and, and morph. And that thing was creativity was drawing at the time. Um, and that was the thing 
that helped me get out of that mindset and enabled me to move forward. Now I'm not saying, you know, for those of you who are at home that are like, I can barely draw a stick figure. If this woman is going to talk about art, like, come on. Right No, I'm talking about creative stress reduction, which is any activity that gets us out of fight, flight, or freeze mode and into a state of play or flow. Because quite frankly, if we are in fight or flight mode, we tend to make really poor decisions, really poor decisions about our life, about our relationships, about whatever it is that's coming up. And so one of the first things that I recommend to people that work with me, and I'm going to recommend to everyone that's listening right now is if you're feeling stressed, oftentimes you're in that fight, flight, or freeze mode. And the first step in order to actually remedy it and in order to actually get to the root of what's going on is to get ourselves out of that mode so that we can think clearly and strategically. A great example of how fight, flight, or freeze mode can affect us is, you know, a few months ago, I had a client who just started working with me. Maybe she was like a weekend, two weeks in. And we're, we were talking about creative stress reduction. Luckily, we, I had already taught it to her. She knew what it was and she was starting to implement it. And she was uh, sitting, she's having a date night with her, her man and they were sitting on the couch and they were watching a movie and his phone buzzes. And she, you know, he picks it up and the way they're laying, he can't, you know, quite see, she can't quite see what's on his phone. And immediately she gets triggered. She's like, he's cheating on me, that MFR, I'm out, screw him, he's gone, right? And she, because thank goodness she was working with me, she was like, I need to do some creative stress reduction. I know 100% I'm in fight or flight mode. And so she goes and she just removes herself from the situation casually. We had a template, right? Uh, I need a minute, whatever it was for her. She goes and she does it. She comes back a few hours later. Um, It might've been like an hour later. And she, she just, Hey, who are you texting? Um, he was like, Oh, my daughter wanted your meatloaf recipe. <laughs> like, It was not even, it was not another, well, technically it was another woman, but it was his daughter, right? Like all fight or flight. She was ready to leave. She was ready to abandon him. Like that was it. She was gone. And it was all about a meatloaf recipe and it was her meatloaf recipe that they wanted. And yeah. so, you know, yes, there are situations in which, you know, that may, the reality may be that that guy cheated, but that wasn't hers. Her reality was he was a good guy. Um, and it's amazing though, how stress and anxiety can have that impact on the mind. And so you're talking about a social situation, but if you're in the entrepreneurial world or even working in corporate and you have an exchange with a client or, a, you know, a, a superior in the corporate world or whatever the case may be, and you react that way. You could, you could lose the client. You could, you could lose your job. And you know, it's funny. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and one of the most common things that I see is folks, you have a sales conversation and folks don't get back to you, right? Like for whatever reason, their life happens. And the story that we create when we get in fight or flight mode is they're ghosting me. They don't care. They don't want to work with me. What's wrong with me? We can go to the anger or to the despair. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that Susie, you know, just got a surprise visit from her best friend and she totally forgot about your phone call and she totally wants your services, but now you're, you know, you're lost in this story and you're never going to call her because you think she is, you know, she's doing this all intentionally. And so that can absolutely, and I've seen it affect, you know, businesses in huge ways, preventing them from hitting their financial goals and, and, um, 
can ruin relationships, which we all know foundation of our business is relationships. Mm -hmm. So this is huge. But so to get out of fight or flight mode, we have to find that creative stress reduction activity that works for us, right? Any activity that gets us out of fight or flight and into a state of play or flow. And so that can be anything. It can be, you know, uh, it can be drawing, it can be playing with your dog, it can be formatting an Excel spreadsheet if that's what you're into. Like it can literally be anything as long as it gets that result of play or flow. And once you find that activity, then we can get into, okay, what are the chronic stressors in my life? Is it the money? Is it the boss? Is it the, my, my staff? Is it uh, crappy relationships? I don't care what it is. What is it for you? And how can we strategically address those chronic stressors so that when something unpredictable comes up, it doesn't lead to burnout. It doesn't lead to all of those things that we were talking about earlier. And so you know, that's the type of work that getting to the root, that's the type of work that I spend most of my time doing with clients is really identifying and doing the hard work to get rid of those triggers so that we can walk, go through our life with more ease. But so I guess the real question here, I know for the listeners, I wanted to give some really solid actionable tips is that is to figure out, okay, how do I find the creative stress reduction? Right? Cause it could be anything. I mean, this is, this is a broad spectrum. And so what I would recommend is I would recommend folks start with, a, get a piece of paper and start with writing out a list of at least 100 items. And I'm, I know draws drop when they, they hear 100, but 100 items that you love doing. And again, it can be anything and there's no editing here, right? So it can't, you can put your wine down, you can put your cookies down, you can put your hanky panky down, but you're also going to put down, you know, if you like yoga, if you want to try meditation, if you want to, you know, play with your dog, like things that you love, if you don't love those things, don't write them, but anything goes here and just write them out. And if you get stuck, go back to your childhood. What did you like doing as a child, right? I love jumping on trampolines. That was like one of my favorite activities. And so writing that list out. And then once you have that list, you're going to ask yourself four questions. And these four questions are really, really important. And there's a reason this list is really long. The list is long because these four questions are going to help you narrow down which of these activities are actually going have the potential to work for you. So the first question is, would this item put myself or someone else in harm's way? Would this item put myself or someone else in harm's way? I mean, in the world that we live in, could it get myself or someone else sick? If the answer is yes, then you're going to cross it off your list. It's not something that we're interested in doing. Now, the second question that you would, you would ask yourself is, is this item in my resources? Like, do I have enough money? Do I have enough time? Do I have enough, you know, do I have enough social resources to make this happen? A lot of times people put down you know, a trip to Hawaii or a vacation, you know, like on their list. And then what happens is, is we go to their bank account and it says a hundred dollars, two dollars, a dollar. <laughs> and then we don't end up going, we can't, we can't go to Hawaii or go on that vacation. And so what happens is, is we're like, we put it off, we put it on the calendar for five years from now, and we're saving up money and saving up money and trying to get there. But during that whole time, What's happening is stressor after stressor after stressor after stressor is building up. 
And so we have that blowover breakdown because we don't have, it's not close enough. It's not accessible. Um, same thing goes for, you know, moms, right? Moms and dads and parents. Um, and any, but honestly, anybody who has responsibilities, like I can, I can't tell you how many times I've had to figure out how to somebody to watch my dog when, <laughs> like when I had to go do something, right? Do I have somebody in my life that can keep an eye after my responsibilities while I go and do this thing? Like if I want to go on a day long trip somewhere to reduce my stress, do I have somebody that's willing to commit a day? Do I have the money? to pay someone to commit for a day to take care of my responsibilities while I'm gone? And if the answer is no, then we're gonna cross that out as well. Um, and then we go into the next question, which is, does this item have the potential to trigger me? Does this item have the potential to trigger me? So based on my past experiences, based on potentially my trauma, what I've gone through in life, does this item have the potential to trigger me? And so. If it does, we're going to cross that off. So a great example of this would be, so I had a client a few years ago who was a survivor of sexual assault and she wrote out her list and she always had wanted to explore massage. She's heard from so many people how amazing it is, how it could transform, you know, how stress shows up in the body, help relieve that physical stress. She knows it helps with people's minds. She had it on her list. But she also knew that there was this uneasy feeling in her gut about going because she's a survival, survivor of sexual assault. So she doesn't know what will happen if a particular area of her body gets touched. And so while she might explore exposure therapy in another setting with another professional, it's not going to be the thing that, that works for her in terms of creative stress reduction. It has to get her into that state of flow. And so it had the potential to trigger her. So we crossed that off her list. Not to say she can't explore that somewhere else, but not in this context. And then lastly, the last question that you're going to ask yourself is, if I did this item every single time, this activity, every single time I was stressed out, would it be healthy? So if I had wine every time I was stressed out, if I had cookies, if I did that thing, Every single time I was stressed out, would it be healthy? And I always laugh at this because I imagine, uh, I imagine like a, like a women's conference or like networking group or something of like everyone drank every time they, they experienced a stress trigger. We'd all be just like waddling or you know, like waddling around everywhere. It just would not work. It would not be productive. Um, but yeah, so we're going to cross those off as well. And so you can very easily see why I said a hundred at the beginning, right? Because crossing, we're crossing off a lot of items. And what we're left with are the items that are one, accessible and two, um, healthy for us to be able to explore now. And so, um, you know, at that point, once you have your list in that state, you have all those items crossed off. What you're going to do is you're going to circle the items that most excite you. The ones that you're like, I cannot wait. Like maybe you're, you're sing narrating, um, you know, like I personally am like, I'm going to bake some bread. Like, I don't know, like some whatever, you're that excited about it. And those are the items that you're going to start to take action on immediately. So you're going to say, okay, this is the first thing that I'm going to explore. And so you're just going to start exploring and taking note. Okay. This one helped. Um, this one helped me. This one didn't, if it didn't abandon it. Right. That's how I ended up struggling for 10 years is because I kept showing up at different things that either triggered me or didn't work. Right. So 
abandon that and continue to do the things that work for you. Um, another thing to note about this is that there are going to be different activities that work for different stress responses. So if you're angry, maybe the kickboxing class is the thing to show up to, right? If you're more sad or, uh, or, or a more low energy level of stress, right? Like you're more exhausted then perhaps it's something like reading a good story, right? Reading a good novel. But it really, you, you're going to notice as you explore that certain things work for certain stress responses. And you're going to start taking note of that so that you have those in your tool belt in the moment. Oh, I love all this. So the one thing that I'm thinking that people may be responding to this as, well, that's going to take so much time to figure out. It's, it may take time. And, you know, I would say if you can, it, you know, take, take time and start with, start with 10. So while you're listening to this, right, yeah. get your, get a piece of paper, get your phone out and get to the notes section and start with 10 and ask yourself those questions really quick. And maybe you'll end up with one and that's, you can do that in little bursts. It doesn't matter how you get it done. I like to do a hundred that way it's done. I don't have to worry about it. And I always can go back to what's left on that list, no matter what. But mm -hmm. if you're, again, it's, if it doesn't fit into your time resources right now, and you're, you're in, you want to do it in short bursts, that's totally accessible as well. Yeah. I think the important thing is that we have to recognize that anything good takes time mm -hmm. and to invest time in ourselves does nothing but empower us. So it's 100%. worth the time. Exactly. And you know, it's funny, like I talk about the stress response. One of the, the, one of the common things that I also see is that around like two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, after we've had enough stressors hit us, little stressors hit us throughout the, the morning, we're sitting at our computer, we're doing our job and we're not really doing much of anything. Like, especially if we're at our computer, we're like clicking through windows. Like we think we're being productive, but we're just like email calendar to-do list. Like we're not actually doing anything. And so to note that there's a lot of time wasted when we are in this, in a stressed state. And so imagine how much time you're going to gain back when you're not spinning your wheels, when you're actually able to focus, show up and get stuff done. Oh, I love that. And it's so funny that you said that two to three o'clock window in the afternoon, that's always my dip in the day yep. where then I want, I want like sugar or I want more coffee or I want both coffee and chocolate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to give me that extra push, but I find myself and that's when, and I think a lot of us are guilty of this. We'll pick up our phone and start scrolling through social media mm -hmm. because we're so tired or we're so overwhelmed with everything that we have to make decisions for, or all of the things we still have yet to do that we're overwhelmed. We can't focus. Mm -hmm. So I love that instead of picking up the phone, we could grab a pen and paper and start sketching or doodling or, you know, go jump on the trampoline, whatever, whatever it is that's from that list. And I, I'm guessing, and I'm, I'm sure you have an answer to this, that it wouldn't take long to go mm -hmm. do this creative thing and get into that flow state, that playful flow state again, to be able to then come back and be productive. Exactly. You know, I find that when most people write this list, when we ask that, when I ask them about their time resources, the, the time I think is probably one of the most common, um, is that we end up when we narrow down the list, we end up with things that take 10 minutes or less. And so a lot of my clients are doing things that are taking five minutes or a minute to do. And so 
a great example of how I did this the other day. Um, yoga with Adrian, I feel like is like the holy grail of yoga right now. But you know, the other day I was, I was starting to feel a stress response. I had, I think I had like three minutes between appointments. I have, I have my, uh, my desk set up. So I don't even have to unroll my yoga mat. I just slide it over. And I turned on that video. I hit play. I did three minutes of like yoga stretching. I got back on, I felt refreshed and I was good to go. And, and there are other examples of, you know, I had a client who, uh, she had a really great office situation. Uh, she didn't work at home, but she had a really great office situation where she had privacy and she would, hers was, she would turn on a minute of her favorite song from the eighties. I don't remember what it was anymore. And she would just full on, like just dance, dance like no one was watching. And let me tell you when she, I, I am still boggled at how effective this was for her as a unique individual, because when she sat down from that dance off, right, she sat down and she would make decision after decision. She would uh, delegate. Now, knowing before she did that, she was indecisive. She didn't know what to do. She felt powerless. And she would do a minute of dancing. This is the wild part, a minute of dancing. And she would sit down and be like, okay, Charlie, you're going to do this. You know, Jessica, you're doing that and you're doing this, I'm going to focus on this. And then she would sit down and like bang out a chapter of her book, like mind boggling. How much can shift with just a minute? Yeah. Oh, I love that. There's so many takeaways here. And I, I love that first and foremost, that we're all unique individuals. And that is so important to realize in so many aspects, aspects of our lives, but especially mental health and stress and anxiety, because we have to t approach it differently. We can't take mm -hmm. the advice from other people. We have to look within and find what works from us. And then the, the, to ask ourselves those four questions and then really, you know, with that list, really hone in on what can we do in a very short window of time that's going to transform us to be able to come back and get into that state of productivity and, and peace. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. This was fantastic. Carly, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. And where can the listeners find you? So you can find me anywhere on social media at the stressless co and our website is the stressless co.com. And, uh, for those of you who are listening that could feel like you could use a little bit more support, um, you can absolutely apply for a complimentary stressless clarity session. And you can do that by going to stresslessco.com slash apply. Um, this is a 30 minute phone call to help you get to the root of your stress, create an action plan to step out of it and to see how I can support you moving forward. So stresslessco.com slash apply. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, Carly. Thank you. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. It will also help others find the podcast. I really look forward to getting to know my listeners. Will you please connect with me on Instagram? You can find me at the Robin Graham. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Robin Graham. And I invite you to join my private Facebook group, The Brand Marketing Insider. Please spread the word about the Second Phase podcast. Until next time, remember to smile.